with Doc, and I'm your host, Doc, and once again, we got to start the show off with some real bullshit. Saginaw High School in Santa Clarita, Nathaniel Burhau, 16-year-old boy, shoots five students. He kills two young people. He saves the final bullet for himself, and as of yet, the bullet has failed to eliminate him from the planet. Now he gets to suffer and live daily with the horror in his mind of what he did to other young people who I don't know what they may or may not have done to him. Uh, I don't understand why people feel the need to, one, harm themselves, and two, to harm others. It's really not a solution to any uh it's not the answer to any question. It is not. You ask any question, killing somebody for the most part is not going to be the proper answer to that question. Nathaniel, you're going to have to deal with this. What you've done to your family, what you've done to the community, what you've done to the innocence of those other students who had maybe done nothing to you. You have stolen lives. You put PTSD on the table or people were just going about their normal everyday existence. Depression is not an excuse. Being bullied is not an excuse. We have to be strong enough in this society to find another way. I don't know what that way would be because it's above my pay grade. Now, this is Strange Talk with Doc, and I'm not here to preach to you. I'm not here to teach you anything. I'm not going to open up your third eye. I'm not going to enlighten you about any subject matter. I'm just giving you my opinion on some things that are going on in the world. And I decided today what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through my basic subject matters and I'm going to save sports for the very last. So if you're listening to this and you listen because you really want to hear the sports portion, just fast forward later on. But you other people, you hang in there. I appreciate you being here. And I want to start off today. Even though I did start off with that story, I definitely want to discuss uh, my last show. I hit on some points of black people. I want to start this show by hitting on some points of white people. I want to talk about white people. I am not a white person. I'm not Caucasian in any shape, form, or fashion. But there's some things that need to be told to you. If you happen to be a Caucasian, I don't give a damn if you're an American Caucasian or Caucasian from the Caucasus Mountains, it makes me no difference. There's some things that you need to know. And one thing that you really do need to know is that your silence speaks volumes. In this day and age, there are just too many white people who are going out of their way to make life miserable for black people. And if you have friends who do so, if you hear them in private while you are with them, and they use nigger, and it floats out of their mouth like as though they were just saying hello to a relative or a loved one. You need to correct them. The only way that we heal, we heal together. You can't have a sick leg and expect the rest of the body to be healthy. It does not work like that. If you have any portion of you that is sick, then all of you is basically sick. We are a part of this. We're not going anywhere. Most of y'all do not want to pick up arms and come and fight black 
Asians or Hispanics. That is not the reality. And I'm not lumping. I do not believe in mono people. I do not believe that there are any people walking the planet who all think in one lockstep. I do not believe that, nor can anybody convince me of that. So each person has an individual mind, and they're responsible for those individual thoughts. But correction is love. And if you love your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, you call them out before they make a fool of themselves. If you got a friend who's on the police force and he talks about kicking black people's ass and he says he loves it, he he enjoys it, correct them. You know, correct them. So we have this police officer. And so far, we own, I only know him as D. McCormick. He's in the California BART station. And he arrests a black man named Steve Forster for eating on the train platform. Would he have done this maybe to anybody else? And this is what I'm getting at. Steve uh, McCormick, Officer McCormick, I'm sure he has uh, expressed some viewpoints on how he feels about black people, Hispanic people, or Asian people across time. And nobody took the time, the energy, effort maybe to correct him, or he's such a fucking knucklehead that he just could not come to terms with what he's feeling, because you should not be doing that job if you feel that anybody is beneath you at, in any shape, form, or fashion. Now, I appreciate the fact that Bart, after the people of that area, took up in arms and said, this shit ain't right. So they did a little protest. The next day, everybody was eating something or another at this station. This is a station that only serves food. So what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to buy your food and make sure that you take it to your place of business, your your home, or wherever you are. Then if they have a problem with somebody eating on the platform, not even on the train, I understand you got vermin and things like that, and you don't want that to become a problem. But if you're going to sell food, you have receptacles to make sure that people have places to dispose of discarded food. You make sure that you have areas. Then even set up an area. If you have a business where you were making money off it, then set up an area where people can enjoy the things that they buy from you. Don't put them in a position where they have to be cuffed, given citations, or anything of that shape, form, or fashion. It does not make sense. So we have a Caitlin Sewell. She's the general counsel for the University of North Texas. She had to resign Friday. And this was one day after she was doing a panel on free speech where she used the word nigger. Now, this woman is an intelligent woman. She is an attorney for the school. But it's amazing that she censored herself from saying fuck, but she did not censor herself from saying nigger because it almost like it's no slip. It means nothing in this day and age. We've regressed. We went backwards and it makes no damn sense at all. We got some fool in Louisiana. He has road rage. He's a black woman. So the first thing that comes out of his mouth, even though that he knows that he's being taped and he repeated it more than once, you stupid fucking nigger. Oh, yeah. And to get my point across, yes, you stupid fucking nigger. Oh, yeah. Film me. 
What does it matter? These people have to be corrected. Makes no fucking sense. It really doesn't. I ask you, apologize to you for the language. Now, I try not to be gratuitous with my cussing, but yes, this is an adult show, and there will be the use of cuss words. You've been warned. I have the EL attached to the video. And like I said, this is Strange Talk with Doc. I'm here every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I would love for you to call in. Just look me up on your favorite search engine and you will find me. You'll find my Instagram. I'll post. I post things on Instagram so that people can call in, uh, leave comments, whatever you feel comfortable with. So we have, okay, and that man's name, we had another guy who lost his mind, Daniel Frankenweiss. He's 46 years old. He's from Bismarck, North Dakota. He was arrested in Thailand. And he states, quote, unquote, he likes to kill people. He likes to rape children. And he likes to kill faggots. He says, I'm real. I'll kill and I'll rape you, too. I mean, what the fuck is the matter with people? They know that they're being filmed. They know that they're putting their livelihood on the line. Their reputations. And they're so caught in the moment that they're not thinking of their family members. They're not thinking of their children. They're not thinking of their co-workers, their fraternity brothers and sisters. They're not thinking of their church. They're not thinking of anything. You cannot see so much red that you are blinded by reality. Do not allow yourself to be so blinded by rage that you lose touch of reality. Now, we got the St. Louis Police Department. They said they're going to conduct an internal investigation into this officer, Barney Coates. He was making racist, Islamophobic, and anti-Semitic tweets. Now, somebody on the force with him in St. Louis had to have seen these. And this is what I was talking about when I referred to these are the things. We're not asking for any kind of handout. We're not asking for somebody to baby us, but we're asking for white people to be decent folk. When you see shit, address shit. Don't just address it when you see it from another race. Address it when you see it from your brother. And somebody at that force had to have seen these tweets. They had to be offended. And you know what? See something, say something. I'm never telling you to be a rat. And you see something, say something means you can address that person directly. You do not have to address the nation. You do not have to go to YouTube. You don't have to go to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You can go to that person directly and say, if you don't change this kind of behavior, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass anyway. Because when it becomes public, you're going to lose everything that you worked so hard to build up. Now, we have this poor lady. She's in, her daughter's going to sing at the Pepsi Center in Denver, the national anthem of the United States of America, Giselle Benaretti, Benseretti. But she was told to remove her hijab at the center before her daughter is allowed to perform. This is America, people. Freedom of religion. Freedom of speech. You do not have to agree with it. 
but you have to respect it. Now, this woman who told her to remove her religious headwear now has the Pepsi Center in a, in a position where they're embarrassed. They have to apologize to this woman, and they didn't do anything personally. But this is when you don't do your total due diligence, when you don't totally vet people. And see, that's what the Internet and social media allows you to do these days. They allow you to go out and actually peek into people's personal lives, things that they said themselves, things that they liked themselves, things that they post themselves, that they want other people to agree because likes are drugs. Likes are snorts of cocaine. Likes are shots of heroin and methadone and methamphetamines. It's drinks. It's a tote on a joint. That's what likes are these days. And that's the world we live in. So this damn Popeye's chicken sandwich, which is becoming a blight on the country, people are acting like they have never had a chicken sandwich before. I mean, chicken sandwiches are leading to murders. They're leading to public assaults. It's leading to women being body slammed by young men. People need to really get a fucking grip. It's a chicken sandwich. I've never had a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I don't do a lot of fast food. It's not that healthy. And it's not that I'm a vegan or anything like that. But it's just that I don't, I'm not going out of my way to drive somewhere to get a chicken sandwich when I can eat chicken at home and I don't even really eat fried chicken. So this is the interesting pairing to me of the week. The interesting pairing. Tomorrow, Kanye West is going to be doing his Sunday service at Joel Osteen's church. Now, Kanye's a madman, and Joel Osteen is a pimp. He is a pimp, and he doesn't give a rat's ass how the optics on this looks. He doesn't give a fuck. Why would anybody right now want to be associated with a man that's as toxic as Kanye West? Now, Kanye... I wish him the best in his um, his journey. I hope that his journey is true. I hope that he's finding all the peace that he needs in his Jesus Christ. And if that's their common denominator, him and Joel, that's fine. But everything does not get washed away. There are things that Kanye has said. There are things that Kanye has done. There are things that Joel has done. Not opening his doors initially to Harvey victims was a abomination. Uh, he's running a mega church. They had room, space, heat, lights, bathrooms that he could have provided to people of the community free of charge. He makes more than enough money. I don't even know what Kanye's end game is on this, but it seems like he's building up a cult because now you can't even say anything wrong about Kanye because if you do you're the wrong one because he makes all perfect steps. And you know what? Maybe Joel could teach him tomorrow because I think he's more versed in the Bible than Kanye. That no man is perfect if that's what he believes because he's not perfect either. Now, I just started watching and I know I'm late to the party, people. I know I'm late to the party. I just started watching Joker and I'm only 20 minutes in. 
uh, my wireless headphones. I was watching at three, four o'clock in the morning. Uh, my wireless headphones died, and I didn't want to have the TV up loud, so I turned it off. But I would say that the first uh, 20 minutes is pretty good of the Joker. So, I mean, I'm hoping that it, it stays that way or even improves during the course of the movie. I watched a documentary on Netflix last week called Happy Jail. No, I didn't stumble when I said that. Happy Jail. It's a jail in the Philippines. They became famous for doing some kind of uh, music video style uh, dance. Back in the days, I think it was a Michael Jackson thriller. So now this was a documentary that went on. It's not very long. It's only like four or five episodes, a half an hour each one. Very interesting. It's about the power struggle that happened after they became a viral success. And it's about the old governor versus the new governor of this uh, uh, area in the Philippines. Uh, I guess governors over there are like little presidents in little areas because the power that they have is pretty damn powerful. Uh, It's a very interesting show, and I don't want to give away anything. I'm just saying that this is a good watch that you should definitely go take. Spend your time if you're not doing anything else. You could do a marathon of this like before you know it, just like this. It'll be over. You know? I'm really into this Godfather of Harlem. It's well done. It's very good acting. The storyline makes sense. Uh, it gives you some insight on some things that were going on up in Harlem, JFK, MLK, Malcolm X, plus gangsterism. And uh, it's good gangsterism, not like power, which is a fucking joke. This is good gangsterism. When somebody's going to get murdered, they get murdered. And if that's what you're watching a uh, gangster film for, that's what you should get. This Is Us is outstanding as always. Uh, That's a show that seems to never really miss a beat, at least to me. I love it. So I would recommend it. The Blacklist last episode was fantastic. I think they gotten back on track. SVU this week was crazy. It didn't make sense. I spent 90% of the show on my phone. I didn't even know what they were getting at per se, and I'm no dummy. Uh, How to Get Away with Murder is maybe the only soap opera that I've really watched my entire life and it's a madhouse soap opera but it's interesting Uh, if you like it you gotta hang through this season I'm hanging it's not that I don't enjoy it but it's so soap opery that from every scene to the next scene you never get a chance to like take a break it's not one of those shows that you could even go to the bathroom because you come back and you find out two things have happened while you were gone, you know, so. Uh, but it's well acted and I like it. America Horror Story, 1984, wrapped up. If you have not seen this season, it's unlike any of the other eight or nine seasons before. I think you would enjoy it. It's kind of, it's just a slasher film. Uh, the last episode did a good wrap up. It was uh Different than any other American horror story, the good guys. I don't. I can't give it away, just in case you didn't see it. But please, if do yourself a favor. If you haven't watched it, marathon the show. It's well worth it. Like I said, it's nothing like the other seasons. Nothing. The Apollo, 
Showtime. There was a documentary on the Apollo in Harlem, New York, which is an icon to any black person in America who's ever been to New York. It was a very interesting uh, documentary. And like I said, it was on Showtime. It's well worth your time, your energy, and effort to see it. Uh, There's going to be some things about it that's going to piss you off. Anytime that you go into the history of the United States of America and it deals with black people, and you really can't deal with the history of the United States of America without dealing with black people, there are going to definitely be some things that are going to make you irate. But we have to deal with it. This is our reality. This is our lives. This is not a joke. These are the things that our grandparents and our parents went through. So it is what it is. Okay. I am trying to get my hands on, and I probably will before the end of today because I'm really into seeing this. Showtime released a documentary yesterday on the ex-heavyweight champion of the world, Sonny Liston, Pariah, The Lives and Deaths of Sonny Carson. I mean, Sonny Liston. I'm sorry. Sonny Carson is a total different thing. Sonny Carson was a gang leader from Brooklyn back in the days. As a matter of fact, he had a movie that was called The Education of Sonny Carson. So forgive me. I'm glad I got a chance to straighten that out. Now, if you have not seen this, I highly recommend this is my second time seeing it. And I seen it again yesterday because it's so good. I'm not your Negro about James Baldwin. You could find this on probably Netflix, Hulu, or one of those places. Very interesting. Even if you're a white person and you want to get into what was going on between the 50s and early 70s in the United States of America, listen to this very articulate, poetic, if you will, black man state a case from three different angles because he also is talking about Malcolm, Martin, and Mega Evans in his film. And they came at things from three different angles that he was friends with all of them. So it should be very interesting and you would enjoy it. I think that you definitely would enjoy it. So Trump spent uh, Veterans Day in New York City. And outside some ceremony he was doing, you could hear the vets screaming, lock him up. Uh, You know what? Trump's now has this uh, impeachment uh, proceedings have started this week. It's a little too early for me to dive deep into it. I refuse to spend hours upon hours hearing back and forth banter from politicians, basically all these lawyers talking. Uh, I'm going to wait until the meat and potatoes of this when we get closer to closing this out and making a decision about the vote. When the vote actually hits the floor, I am all in. I will watch every second of it. Then I will put everything else aside because this is a moment, not only in time, it's a moment in history. And this is big. This is huge for everybody here in this country and everybody that he comes in contact with worldwide. He is the president of the United States of America. Unfortunately for me, unfortunately, I make no bones about it. I do not like him there. I think he's an embarrassment. Do I think he's criminal? Yes, I think he's also criminal. So hopefully the right thing will be done. 
in this manner. So Congress can see can see get eight years of Trump's tax returns, but quite naturally, this man who says he's the richest, uh, most put together businessman, he doesn't stumble or fall. He won't release his taxes. He's now going to try to take this to the Supreme Court to have it blocked. Now, he, he's been through all his federal appeals, and he's lost them all. Release your tax returns. This was, I thought, a mandatory thing that all people who ran for president had to do. So that meant he not only was able to avoid it running for president, he's been able to avoid it basically for the first three years of his presidency. If you're as rich as you say you are, your taxes will show your revenue. It will show what you're paying as opposed to what you tell people you're paying. You know? WWE has this kid, Jordan Miles. Well, as he said, don't call him by his slave name. And his real name is Albert Christian Hardy Jr. But he went by the name Justin Miles in the WWE. Justin, well, Albert uh, quit the WWE. He called them a racist organization. Now, over the last year or two, I've seen some questionable things that the WWE has definitely done when it refers to black men and women. I'm a wrestling fan and I have been for a long time. There's a lot of things that Vince does I do not wholeheartedly agree with. I don't agree with him going over to Saudi Arabia repeatedly. I don't agree with him leaving the Valentine Dream in uh, NXT for as long as he has and everybody else has been put pumped up. Uh, but I see that when I look at Vince, I see nothing but a Trumpite. So I don't have to respect him to like his product. But I don't watch his product as much as I used to because when there's problems, when he has guys like Lars Sullivan and he can barely discipline a Lars Sullivan who is then openly racist shit, when he can welcome back Hulk Hogan, who's done openly racist shit, and we're always told that we have to be the forgiven ones. Why do people look at black people and say they should forgive? What the fuck is it about us that's less than human to you that we always have to be the one to say it's okay? What about you, your side saying we fucked up and we should pay for the crimes that we commit just like we ask you to pay for the crimes that you commit. I wish this young man, Albert Christian Hardy Jr., the very best in his future endeavors. I don't care if he goes to AEW. I don't care if he goes to Japan, works the independent circus. I wish him the best, the very best. I don't think that quitting your job as a young man should uh, be a knock against you for the rest of your life. Did he have to go about it in the manner that he did, making everything as public as he did? I don't know. That's not on me. That was on him. That's what he felt in his heart. So I'm not going to question what another man feels in his heart. So today is the big day. It's the Colin Kaepernick freak show for the NFL. Let's see where this goes. And why did it take three fucking years for it to get here? Colin Kaepernick has been accused of raping no one. Killing no one. 
He's been accused of having no public brawls, no fights, no domestic violence. This is a man who raised a fist and took a knee. And for three years, he has not been allowed to work at his craft as a quarterback in the NFL. When we have watched repeatedly much worse quarterbacks than him uh, enter the league, guys who were retired come back to the league. So I do not understand, nor will I ever understand what is going on here with Colin. And I think it's abomination. I think that it's unfair. But I hope that he balls out today. And if he wants a job, I hope that this is the platform and it's not some kind of joke that the NFL is trying to pull the wool over people's eyes because we've never seen this before. We've never seen one person have to perform in a fucking donkey show for all these uh, executives of the NFLs or scouts of the NFL. They do that one time a year. It's called uh, the Combines. They have the kids at the Combine. These are people who are not even in the league. This is a man who's invested in the league who probably is going to receive a pension from the league. So he's in a different position that they are in altogether. Now, Thursday night, as you know, we had the Miles Garrett, Mason Rudolph fight. Garrett was suspended indefinitely, and at least through the end of this season and the playoffs, and he deserves it. Mason Rudolph should have gotten a game as the get. Uh, he instigated it. Sure. Originally, I didn't say I said no, but I've changed my mind on that subject. We allowed to change as we view things differently in life. So I say he should have gotten a game also. Uh, Pouncey got three games. I have no problem with that. The cowardly guy for the Cleveland Browns, the big number 65 who hit Mason in the back, he got a game, and good for him. He deserves a game. Uh, both teams were fine, like a quarter of a million dollars. That's no big deal to billion-dollar franchises, but it's make them be held accountable too. It was their employees who were involved. My only problem with this is that anybody does not see that Miles Garrett was in the wrong when he swung the helmet. You swing your fist, I understand. I played football, and nobody who's ever played football from the age of Pop Warner on up, we're talking six years old, you're told that once that helmet comes off, you stop doing what you're doing. It's over for you. The play is over for you. The fight is over for you. You are allowed to step back from the situation. And Miles Garrett, we talked about this earlier. He was so blinded by his rage that he could not make a rational decision. I mean, if he would have thought for three seconds, I'm sure he would not have ever swung that helmet. But he did. And you can't take back what you've done. Sorry doesn't always fucking cut it. The UFC is going to have a fight card tonight from uh, Brazil. We got Jacare is fighting uh, Blankovic. Jacare is like 377 years old, but he's still a hell of a fighter. But I don't know if he's going to pull it out against Blankovic tonight. Shogun, who is on the card? He's fighting Paul Craig. That should be a good battle. Craig Oliveira is fighting Jared Gordon. That should be a good 
good uh, fight also. Uh, I'm a big fan of UFC. I'm hoping for an exciting card. I'm hoping for some more than just some submissions. I'm hoping for some knockouts. I hate when they have 10 fights like they did last week in Russia, and they all seem to go to the fucking decision. I mean, that makes the card like six, seven hours, and it's unbearable, you know? So the NBA is going back and forth with this thing called this load management. I'm old school. I never seen Michael Jordan do load management. I never seen Patrick Ewan or Larry Bird or Magic Johnson or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar do load management. These make these men make a shitload of money. What they make in three weeks, a high top level superstar back in the days didn't make in a season. And you can't play fucking eighty two games. It's forty eight minutes a night, man. Why can't we look at it what it is? It's forty fucking eight minutes a night. It's not like they're going out there and playing some game for five, six hours. This ain't fucking cricket. It's 48 minutes plus a halftime and timeouts. You run up and down the court. You exert some energy. You're some of the best athletes on the planet, and you're getting paid shitload of money to do it. And you know what? As much as I love Kawhi, I, I really don't think it's right that a family buys a ticket to a game, and they are figuring that they're going to see X, Y, and Z play. And X decides to take that night off. Now, that family is fucked because they can't afford to buy 41 tickets to maybe see these games. Now, they done park. They got parking. They went out to dinner or got babysitters for the kids. You know what? What about the regular man? Why isn't the regular man taken into account in this situation? I'm tired of hearing multimillionaires talk about it like it's no big deal. And then they talk about it so selfishly. Like, okay, you're trading your own pleasure for maybe a championship down the line. The championship is not guaranteed. But when you've got the ticket in your hand and you go into that game that night, that's pretty much a fucking guarantee. But that six months down the road, you're going to win a championship thing. That's, that's neither here nor there. You know? So tonight, we got the Rockets versus the Wolves. James Harden is playing some lights-out basketball, so I'm going to go with the Rockets. Also tonight, we got the Raptors versus the Mavs. I think the Raptors are still a better team than the Mavs. The Blazers are playing my Spurs. My Spurs are on one of the longest losing streaks that I've seen them on in years. Something is disjointed there. I cannot put my finger on it. Uh, The Blazers should be... uh, Opening up with Carmelo Anthony is debut, so they'd be motivated. But they're in San Antonio, and I think that Lamarcus Aldridge, Rudy Gay, and DeRosa will have enough firepower to actually win this game because as early as it is in the season, this is already a must-win game for my Spurs. Monday, we got the Spurs are playing the Mavs in Dallas. I am, once again, I'm going to go against the grain here. And I'm going to think that Dallas Mavericks will actually win this game. And two, the Spurs proved that they can win a game outside of AT&T Center. I can't really go with them. It's going to be a long season for me. The Blazers Blazers are playing the Rockets. The Blazers play the Rockets Monday night. 
And I'm going to go with the Rockets over the Blazers. I don't believe in Dame time. There's no such thing as Dame time. Harding is balling. The Wolves are playing the Jazz. The Wolves are an up-and-coming team, but the Jazz are better. And you got OKC is playing the Clippers. So I'm going to go with the Clippers at home versus OKC. Tuesday, we got OKC versus the Lakers. The Lakers have not been losing lately, so I'm going to go with the Lakers. Wednesday, we got the Rockets versus the Nuggets. Um, I think I'm going to go with the Nuggets at home against the Rockets. I wouldn't bet on it, but I'm going to go that direction. We got the Jazz versus the Wolves. I like the Timberwolves at home, and we got the Celtics are going into L.A. to play the Clippers. But I, I like the Clippers along. Let me repeat this. As long as Kawhi Leonard is not load management and his ass is actually between the line, I like the Clippers. Thursday, we got the Blazers versus the Bucks. I'm definitely going with the Bucks at home. Like I said, fuck Dame time. It does not exist to me. We got the Spurs Friday night going into Philly to play the 76ers. Unfortunately, on the road, like I just said, and I can't be a hypocrite, I have to go with the 76ers to beat my Spurs. The Lakers are going into OKC Friday. I still like the Lakers. The Celtics are going to play the Nuggets in Denver. I like Denver. Uh, that mile-high air is a real thing, so I'm going with them. And then the Rockets are playing the Clippers. That is a very good game. It should be explosive. And as long as Kawhi Leonard is playing, and Paul George is playing, I'm going to like the Clippers at home. Okay? Now, we're going to give these NFL picks, and we're getting out of here. I just want to say before I go, I appreciate you tuning in. If you have anything that you would like to discuss with me, if you thought I was dead wrong about a certain subject matter, and you want to bring it up, just Google or use whatever search engine you like. Look up Strange Talk with Doc. You can get my Twitter, Instagram, and also my Facebook information where you can reach out to me, promote a product, uh, ask me a question, call, call into the show live. I would appreciate it if you share, like, and subscribe to the show. I am not ashamed of what I do here, so you could pass this show on to anybody you like. Listening to your office, I'm, like I said, I don't care. The more, the merrier. The more listeners, the merrier. Okay, so we had Pittsburgh, Cleveland. We all know what happened there. Cleveland won that game. My Cowboys are playing the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Uh, I don't know if Stratford is even playing. The Cowboys desperately need this game, so I'm going with the Cowboys. Jacksonville is going to Indianapolis to play the Colts. I got to... I got to think that the Colts are going to bounce back and win this game. The Bills are going to Miami. I'm not caught up in the fact that Miami's won two in a row. I'm going with the Bills. The Broncos are going into Minnesota. Minnesota should handle the Broncos thoroughly. The Saints are playing Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. It's a divisional rival. I do not like the way Drew's, Drew Brees has been looking lately but I am going to pick the Saints because I never really like how Jameis is looking. Okay. Atlanta's playing Carolina in Carolina. 
another division rival game. Uh, basically, they're going to run Christian McCaffrey into a hole, but I think Atlanta's got too much weapons, so I'm going with Atlanta. The Texans are playing the Ravens. This is like a premier game. Should have been the game of the week. Watson versus Jackson. It's in Baltimore, so I'm going to go with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens at home to protect home field. But an exciting, beautiful game. Like I said, this should have been like the Sunday night or Monday night game or something. This should have been the premier game of the week. You got the Cardinals are going into San Fran. San Fran is coming off their very first loss of the season. I don't like the Cardinals' chances in this game. I think that San Fran is going to run that ball down their throat. And I think that they're going to right this ship. San Francisco 49ers are for real. That defense is awesome. Cincinnati is going into Oakland to play the Raiders and to get their ass kicked. So, you know what? Everybody looked down on Gruden, every, including me. At the beginning of the season, nobody expected Oakland to be above 500 team. And as long as they don't treat this as a trap game and get big headed, they should win this game. And and they should win this game pretty easy as far as I'm concerned. New England is going into Philadelphia to play the Eagles. I don't like the Eagles with all my fiber. So I'm going to go with the Patriots, and I'm really hoping that the Patriots win this game. Now, here's a ball fest for Sunday night football, which I really wish they would do something where they could move these games like a week or so in advance so that people don't get screwed because I'm all for the fans. I don't want fans getting screwed when they make plans, get hotels, this, that, and the other. But you got the Bears are going in to play the Rams, and both of these teams right now are pretty bad. This could be a 12-6 game going in either direction. But I'm going to pick the Rams only because the Rams are at home. And then Monday night, we got Kansas City Chiefs are playing the Los Angeles Chargers. Phillip Rivers has been exposed. The Chargers have been exposed. Gordon being hurt uh, while holding out earlier this season didn't help the team. I like the Kansas City Chiefs to go into L.A. and get a victory. Mahomes is healthy. Uh, that offense was rolling. I think that the, he's just going to put another highlight show on. And uh, like I said to you before, and I say to you again, I do appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate you listening. I really would appreciate your participation in any way, shape, or form. It does not make a difference to me. If it's verbal, if it's an email, if it's a message, if it's just a question, if you have a product, if you would like me to come on your podcast and also discuss something that you heard me say here that you like, what the fuck is he talking about? Well, I'll be more than willing to do so. And like I like to say to you each and every time, people, peace to you and peace to yours. <laughs>